All right, everyone, welcome again to another podcast or another Devo, I should say, with Patrick and Jamie. Patrick, uh, what's cooking with you today, man? There is some dude out out back of my house that is going to town with a weed eater. Well, I, that's funny because I didn't think there was a whole lot of vegetation behind your house. Okay, there's not. But after rain, all this grass grows. Okay. Like a ferocious, like tons of grass. Like invasive species status grass. I mean, I don't mm. know. It's not like nice to walk in. It's like weeds. And this guy has been out there for about 10 minutes now. And it's, he has that, that weed eater redlined, just full bore. Oh yeah. You got to <laughs> pin him. It hasn't even, it hasn't let up at all. <laughs> Same with those backpack blowers. You just got to pin them. There's no, there's no like, you know, halfway. You're just all the way or nothing. Have you ever been walking and uh, it's one of those leaf blower people they didn't realize you were there and accidentally gave you a mouthful of fast air. I have, I have the ones in our, uh, our neighborhood, uh, are, are pretty good about not doing that, but yeah. 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 I walked out of my house once holding like a stack of recycling and oh, it was a pizza no. box on top and I heard him out there and I opened the door and right as I open it, my door squeaks real bad. I think he heard the squeak and he whipped around before he let off the little, the throttle and it, nope. it only blew the pizza box, but it was pretty funny. That sounds funny. Yeah. But we're not um, here to talk about leaf blowers and weed eaters. We are here to talk about the Bible. Yes, we are. We are here to talk about scripture and the Bible and Patrick, what, uh, what passage are we in today? Today we are in the book of James chapter one. The second half of chapter one, we're going to look at verses 19 through 27. And Jamie, this one is one that you get to read. All right. 19 through 27. Yeah, I read on Sunday. Whenever we talk about James, uh, James is traditionally the brother of Jesus. So I just like to call him Brother James. We're going to be spending some time with Brother James today. Um, And we're we're in verse 19 of the first chapter. Here we go. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongue deceive themselves and and their religion is worthless. Religion that God, our Father, accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now, this passage is called Listening and Doing. I think that's going to be the theme of our devotional. I like it. Listening and doing. Again, I just have to say, James, filled with the one-liners. Yeah, that's right. It doesn't really make for for good chatting content on a devotional, but we're going to do it anyway. 
<laughs> yeah, I think it's great. <laughs> yeah. And he's starting off with a pretty uh, distinct command. Brothers and sisters, take note of this. And whenever someone that is like respectable or distinguished says, take note of this, it, it's because they are going to say something that they believe, if you don't hear anything else that they're saying, it's like, this is the one thing that you should remember, right? It's like, okay, brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. If you like read this whole section or listened to this whole section and you didn't hear a, a single word because you're spacing out or you're driving <laughs> and you're trying to merge into the freeway or you just weren't listening at all, just hear this. Brother James says, everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Yes. Now, um, you think about what does it look like to be quick to listen, right? Yeah. Most people are quick to speak or quick to become angry or quick to act. Yeah. Uh, quick to listen is, is just as active as being quick to, uh, quick to speak. It's just you're, you're uh, getting in there, jumping in and being ready to listen. Yeah. Um, but what's cool about this too is that James is telling us, well, why do we need to be slow to become angry? I mean, we just talked about Jesus getting angry at the temple. That's right. Um, yeah, that's true. Which is kind of a cool little, you know, parallel here. Um, Cause he tells verse 20, right? Because human anger doesn't produce the righteousness that God desires. So when Jesus right. got angry at the temple, he wasn't, it wasn't human anger. It was a uh, zeal for righteousness. It was Jesus was being righteous. He wanted God's place to be put right. It's a Christ and, anger. Yeah. That Christ anger. Mm. <laughs> mm. Yeah. <laughs> But the uh, the anger that we see here, or the anger that James is talking about, is that human anger. Right. Um, and I don't know about you. Whenever I become angry, uh, if I get really angry, like really angry, I do things that are really dumb. Oh yeah. I don't make good decisions. Let's right. put it that way. Yeah. I say things I don't mean. I do things I don't intend to do. Uh, in fact, a lot of times when we become angry, we lose control of of who we are, who we want to be. Right. Yeah. I'm kind of the same way I've, or like I'll make, if I'm angry and I'm doing something that is like very simple and easy, like even like washing the dishes, I'll make yeah. mistakes. It's like, Oh yeah. Go too sure. fast. Like drop something back in the nasty water or wash something twice and not realize it. Stuff like that. Sometimes when I'm really angry, uh, for whatever reason, I'll start like sweeping the house or like vacuuming and I'll like angry vacuum the house. Oh. I would not recommend angry vacuuming. Um, especially <laughs> if you have, you know, a cat or, uh, I'm just kidding. I've never vacuumed a cat. Uh, but if you, if you're trying to do some kind of like a chore or something, I, I, years ago I used to work on cars. This is a good example. And uh, you have to focus when you're working on a car. You know, you don't want to like do someone's brakes the wrong way. Yeah. Uh, but if you're angry and working on a car, like you're in a bad headspace, um, you can make mistakes. And so yeah. it's best to just kind of cool off first and then get back into whatever you need to do. <laughs> Scripture actually does tell us um, that in your anger, do not sin. Yeah. And it doesn't say that like anger in and of itself is a sin, but it does say that anger can lead to things that are not good. Right. And this is what right. James is saying. Yeah. And James says, 
in verse 21, therefore get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. So he's offering like a solution. Yeah. Moral filth. I mean, I think everyone kind of knows like what moral filth is. Um, Yeah. And we have this thing that's the gift of the Holy Spirit. So if, if you've accepted Christ into your life, there's something in you. And even before you accept Christ, a lot of folks I know, there's something in them and they just know if something's wrong, if mm-hmm. something's displeases God. And we can be wrong about some of those things sometimes, but, but for the most part, like generally we have a pretty good understanding right. of what moral filth is. So we don't need to give you a laundry list of everything that's morally filthy. Um, <laughs> But what James is saying is like, hey, you're already believers, right? There's already this word that's planted in you. Um, God's already put this thing in you and it can save you. Um, So get rid of all that other junk, all that evil, the stuff that doesn't belong. Yeah. Yeah. Get rid of it. Just get it all out of here. And this is a great example going back to the temple clearing that we talked about in the last Devo. Um, This is exactly what Jesus did with the temple, right? He was getting rid of the moral filth. Right. Uh, that was in there. And, and so this is what we need to do in our own lives, clear the temple, uh, which is our body, the temple of the Holy spirit. Right. And verse 22, do not merely listen to the word. And so deceive yourselves, do what it says. That's yeah, that's good, man. That, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's another one of those classic one-liners that I absolutely love. You know, like here's a great example. You know, we listen to sermons all the time. But if you never do what someone in a sermon, you know, is preaching and, and as they're telling you God's word, if you, if you don't do anything about it, what's the purpose of it? There yeah. is no purpose, right? So right. people will come up to me after uh, I'll, I'll preach and they'll say, oh, I really liked your sermon, which is a great thing. You know, it's encouraging. I like it when people say that. Um, but I usually try to ask them, well, what, what are you going to do about it? Like, how is it going to change you? What is it calling you to do? Or what part did you like? You know, start a conversation to discuss, well, if you liked it, maybe God is doing something in you that is going to lead to something that's bigger or better. In fact, I've had some better conversations where I've done a sermon and someone will come up and say, I really didn't like your sermon. Or I didn't agree with a part of it. And I'll say, great, let's go get a cup of coffee and we'll talk about it. And usually... And usually when that happens, there's greater learning, there's greater understanding, uh, and there's greater action, right? So listening to the word and not doing what it says is self-deception. Right. And that's kind of what James is hinting at in verse 23. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. Okay, now, let's, <laughs> can we modernize this? Can we? Because who looks in a mirror anymore? I mean, come on. Okay, yeah, I'll read it in the 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 instant on point or on location Patrick translation. Good. Yes, go. that's my favorite. Any one. anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks who who looks at themselves on their Instagram selfie camera I'm so bad at this who looks at them on their phone in selfie mode and after looking at themselves goes away and immediately deletes the photo of themselves that they took and forgets that they even took it and what they look like that's good that's good 
<laughs> yeah, it, it is funny. You know, we do take people take pictures of themselves all the time. Uh, people take pictures of each other all the time. We're really good at facial recognition. Like right. humans are exceptional at it. Computers are learning how to do it now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I put all my photos in Google Photos. It automatically reads every face. Right. And it's it's pretty good. Like it's it's kind of scary good. So if you yeah. want to search for someone, you just you just pick a face and it'll find that face. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes it'll find faces that are like way in the background and it'll right. still get them. Like it's very impressive. It's um, like on, on Facebook sometimes if you upload a photo and there's people in it, it'll even ask, it's like, do you want to tag so-and-so? Cause it knows who's in it with you. Yeah. And you're like, like I don't even know who that is. Yeah. Like, a photo with me. I, yeah. It's like, you can maybe take a photo of like a crowd, you know, like people, I see crowds every morning on my walk of people standing at the train station waiting to get on the train. Like there might be a day where we could take a photo of that crowd and it'd like, our phone live would be like, Oh, that's so-and-so that's this so-and-so. Is so-and-so sir. Here's their phone number and social security number. Here's where they live. Yeah. Wow. This is getting really creepy. I know. Right. <laughs> Let's uh, keep moving on. Uh, so don't be like the first person where you look in at your f- selfie that you took and you immediately forget what you look like. It says in verse 25, but whoever looks intently into the perfect law and gives freedom and continues in it, or excuse me, I read that wrong. But whoever looks intensely into into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but by but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Hmm. So look at yourself in the mirror and remember what you look like and follow. I just Christ. I just did a little research, Pat. Okay, here we go. A little Google research. Okay. Uh, the average person, according to Science Magazine, can recognize five thousand faces. Oh my different gosh. faces. Wow. So that means that, that we in our brains and with our eyes have the ability to, to make distinctions between, you know, 5,000 different people just by reading their face of all of those, which one should we know the best our own? Right. Right. Yeah. So for us to forget what we look like, that's a pretty big deal. If we yeah. can capture 5,000, um, sorry, I know we're, I'm going backward a little <laughs> bit on that, but I just, I just oh. had to share my research with you. Yeah. And like, especially now through this COVID, a lot of us have spent way more time looking at ourselves than we ever have before in our lives. That's true. Like this, and you're on you know Zoom, you see yourself. They say it's not good for you. Yeah. Right. In it's fact, like on Zoom, you can hide self-view and I've been doing that lately because it's just helpful. <laughs> Doesn't mean my yeah. hair always looks good. It's, you know, kind of <laughs> all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, uh, but I've been trying to do that just, you know, so I'm not focused on me. Yeah. That's true. So verse 25, look into that perfect law and continue like living out the perfect law because you'll be blessed in what you do. Yeah. And listen here's to cool. the preachers and stuff. Yeah. And here, well, yeah. And listen to God's, God's law is, is the Bible. Um, uh, and when we look at the Bible, the first five books, the Torah, a lot of people consider that they call it the law. So right, the law yeah. and the prophets writings and, and it's kind of divided up. So God's law, God's perfect law, it gives freedom. And this is what we forget about it all the time, right? So you think about when did God give the law to the people of Israel? Um, He gave them the law. Um, You know, I guess originally you could say in the Garden of Eden, there was one rule. Uh, Don't eat the fruit from that tree. Mm -hmm. Um, 
but everything else was total freedom, right? Like imagine how much freedom was happening. And then God's people, when they got the actual written law, you think about the 10 commandments and Moses, Mount Sinai, all that, that came down when they had just been given freedom. They had Mm. freedom from the Egyptian oppressors. And because they had that freedom, they needed, they needed some laws. They needed some rules. So when we think about laws, sometimes we think about them as like a weight or an oppression on us. But this book is kind of flipping this around and saying, God's law is perfect. And because it's perfect, it gives us freedom. Right. Yeah. And that's, but we have to uh, continue living in it. We have to not forget what it says or what, We've heard other people say yeah. it is. And that's a great point. It only, We only find freedom in the law when we actually obey it. If you know it, but you don't do it, you're not going to find any freedom in that law. It's going to become oppression. Right. Yeah. Verse 26, those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves and their religion is worthless. Ooh. Wow. Yeah. Gotta be quick to listen instead of quick to speak, right? Yeah. <laughs> keep yeah. a tight, keep a tight rein on your tongue. Yeah, that's like like a, a horse. In verse <laughs> verse twenty seven, religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this: to look after orphans and widows in their distress, and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. <laughs> This is a, a great passage that I know a lot of people have, have looked at before because we, we think about religion. And in general, religion has a really bad reputation right now in most of society. Mm-hmm. You know, when people think of religion, they think of, oh, organized religion, it's all corrupt or it's all uh, trying to force people to do things they don't want to do or it's being used and manipulated by uh, powerful people. Um Religion is kind of a bad word, but if you use the word spirituality, people are a little bit more open to that idea. Uh, If you use the word love, people are more open to that kind of an idea. But religion is a real thing uh, and religion matters. Um, And so verse 27 says that, you know, the religion, which are the practices that God accepts as pure and faultless, um, it doesn't say is going to church every Sunday, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't say, um, it's not cussing. It doesn't say, right. Like it doesn't give us those rules. Um, it does say, first of all, to look after the orphans and the widows. Now, why are the orphans and the widows picked out? Because in this society, in this time, if you're an orphan, you have no parents. Mm-hmm. If you don't have parents, then you have no way to provide for yourself. Right. Uh, There was not like a social security net to take care of you. There's no, uh, you know, programs to take care of you. If you're an orphan, you're in big trouble. If you're a widow, you're in just as much trouble, if not more, because a widow means that the husband has passed away, is gone now. um, And the widow, the woman here doesn't have a way of making money. She can't just go get a job. It doesn't work like that in this culture. Mm -hmm. Someone needs to take care of her. And so if an orphan and a widow are in distress, they're in real distress. Like they don't have a place to live. They don't have food to eat. And so um, religion that God is seeing as pure and without fault is taking care of people. And the second side of it, a lot of people forget the second part of this. Keep oneself from being polluted by the world. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. 
We're going like back a, to that moral filth that was at the beginning. Yeah, that's true. And there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of pollution out there, right? There's a lot of worldly po- pollution, and being able to like navigate that, yeah, is can be difficult. It could be like spiritual warfare, lots of challenges that come with that. Yeah. I mean, I think right now just about money is a big one, right? Everyone's going after money. That's what they want. That's all they care about. Uh, that's the number one drive. Cause if I have money, then I, I matter or I'm successful or I have power or I can get the things that I want, or I can finally relax or I can be comfortable uh, or I can provide, you know, there's all sorts of reasons that people want money. And what happens is money ends up being not something that brings all of those things to them. It ends up being something that can pollute, uh, pollute them. Yeah. I always remember when I was a kid, my, my, uh, if I found like a dollar bill or if I had some money, I would kind of hold it in my hands. And my mom would always say, wash your hands. I'm like, what, why do I need to wash my hands? She's like, money is the filthiest thing out there. Yeah. That's like super and true. Because it, you know, so many hands touch it and she'd always say, wash your hands. And so I don't know if it gave me a weird, uh, a weird understanding of, I think money is filthy. <laughs> when I think about moral filth, I, I think about cash. Um, <laughs> but, but there is kind of a metaphor working there too, where, where money does, if we see it not as a tool, but if we see it as kind of the end uh, yeah. or the most important thing, it becomes really corrupting. Yeah. Yeah. My mom would say the same thing that money is dirty, but that was because I kept trying to like eat, eat quarters and pennies. (laughs) She's like, get that, that, eating a quarter, get that penny out of your mouth. It's dirty. (laughs) Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't think I really did that a whole lot. That really sounds, I can almost taste that thinking of, yeah. Pollution. So, So yeah. Yeah. Listen to the word, do what it says. Be careful not to say a bunch of dumb things and uh, get rid of that moral filth. Yeah, and don't be polluted. James is just telling us straight up. Yeah, Ian, there's no like big like final key point here it's all it's all key points so that's right it is all key points so hey you know if you get a second uh let us know what your favorite one-liner from the book of james is uh we'd love to hear from you yeah sounds good see you soon all right bye